Well, this Friday will mark eight months since Kabul fell and the rest of the country did along with it, Afghanistan, marking the end of the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan under President Ashraf Ghani and the return of the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan under the Taliban. Now, the World Bank today said that Afghanistan can avoid an economic collapse, but only if it receives international assistance and if the Taliban government respects human rights and, quote, sound management. The World Bank said that among donors, there's an expectation that the interim Taliban administration adheres to basic standards for the treatment of women and girls, respect for human rights, and sound economic management. So eight months after the Taliban, Taliban's return, how are NGOs on the ground coping, particularly those that deal with the most vulnerable, such as children? What is needed? What are the challenges? Joining me now from Kabul is Salam Al-Janabi. He's responsible for advocacy and civic engagement with UNICEF Afghanistan. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We talked a lot going into the winter about just how tough a winter it was going to be on the humanitarian front in Afghanistan. Uh, it's April now. How tough a winter was it? And where are we now in terms of the humanitarian crisis that the country was facing? Indeed. Um, we are now sort of at the tail end of, of um, this quite difficult winter. Um, and sadly, the situation for lots of families and children has actually deteriorated further. I mean, with the with the continued um, economic crisis Afghanistan is going through, the impact on children and the services that children and mother mothers need have on, has only been compounded. Um, we we continue seeing um, children having to work to su to support um, the meager incomes um, families have. We continue seeing um, quite a large number of children with um, uh, acute mal malnourishment, um, and um, you know the the situation with with education of course, is also very concerning as schools should have started for everyone in March. But sadly, as everybody knows, for adolescent girls, it hasn't. So, so it is, it has not been, um, you know, the coming of spring has not sort of brought in um, a positive new fresh start. Sadly, a lot of families are still suffering. What needs to be, I mean, I understand given the situation with sanctions, given the situation with aid having been stopped when uh, when the Taliban mm. arrived, uh, that this has created a lot of complications on the ground for organizations such as yourselves. Uh, what have you been trying, what are the challenges that you're facing right now in trying to deliver the aid or at least deliver the help that's needed to the most vulnerable? Yep. So I think... Um, the the issue with the situation lots of um, Afghans are facing is is that is beyond just delivering of of the uh, life saving assistance. I mean, what UNICEF and other um, uh, humanitarian organizations have been doing is to create basically this bridge that will help. Uh, children and families just sort of come um, survive the months where the international community sorts out the politics of it. But uh, the truth is, um, as the the economic crisis continues, incomes um, families are without any income. The um, the the needs are 
rising beyond the assistance, the, the basic humanitarian assistance. So, for example, I mean, we, we have been able to continue uh, making sure that vaccinations continue um, with the help with our many donors. We were able to pay uh, in, uh, emergency incentives for teachers, around 200,000 of them for the first two months of the year to make sure that they don't leave the profession. We were seeing teachers looking for other jobs, um, and that would be really very sad for the education system here in Afghanistan if teachers left. The same thing with the health system. Um, there has been support from us, from UNICEF and other organizations to make sure that health facilities stay open. But in parallel, we are still um, bringing education to rural communities through community-based education, um, reaching out to the rural areas with mobile health teams to make sure that families who are not able anymore to go to these health facilities, transportation is just basically expensive, is that they get um, provided with health services near them, that nutrition and food assistance is provided with UNICEF, well, food program, that actually these things are provided to families who have almost nothing at home. I mean, I've been, I've been to, to homes where the mom would tell me um, that she, th th there's basically a, a bag of potatoes and a bag of turnips. That's it in the kitchen. And she would be boiling some of these uh, in the evening, and that will be just that meal for the day. Um, so it's it's quite it's quite tough. What is needed really is to make sure that not only humanitarian life-saving assistance is provided, but we also to figure out how to support the systems that children and mothers need. Are you seeing a difference between, I mean, the situation I remember from my time there, the situation in Kabul obviously is very different from the situation in other parts mm. of the country. How uneven yeah. is this crisis now? Is it, is it much worse in rural areas or is it, or is it worse in the cities at this point? The, the impact would have been always more in the rural areas simply because mm -hmm. there is you know, not as many services concentrated in the far rural areas and accessing health facilities, schools always becomes more difficult but also because um, income um, opportunities for, for parents are more difficult in rural areas with the drought. I mean, it's the worst drought since 40 years, so agriculture is not doing great. But frankly, what, is, what has been happening over the last couple of months is that this, the impact of the economic crisis has gone now up in all economic strata within, within the society. So even, as I told you, I mean, we, we've, we're seeing teachers having to look for jobs elsewhere. We, people have lost incomes and salaries and private sector because of the current situation. So it, the pressure is, is not anymore only on those who were um, already disadvantaged or sort of on the line of poverty, but it's going further. I mean, UNDP is expecting that 97% of the people in Afghanistan will be under the poverty line. That is quite, um, I mean, it's the whole country, basically. It's, it's, I mean, it, it's always, you know, it, it's always been a struggle, but it's shocking to hear, of course, that now even mm -hmm. those who had found themselves in a slightly more secure situation are now finding themselves in an insecure situation. Um, how much I was going to, I wanted to speak to you in a bit just about the impact of the war in Ukraine, because we've seen it have an impact mm. all around the world in countries. Yeah. Uh, the UN came out today, Antonio Guterres was talking about just how difficult uh, countries are struggling, countries in poverty are already struggling and are struggling more now. Um, yeah. I, I, have you seen the impact already of what's happening in Ukraine on the ground in Kabul? 
Um, you see, the the we had a a global um, donor pledging conference about three weeks ago. Um, the UN was was asking for quite a significant amount of money to support the situation. All, all of the UN agencies, um, about forty countries um, uh, and partners provided almost half of what was asked for, 2.4, pledged 2.4 billion, including the, the government uh, of Canada and its people. But um, the truth is, this is, while it's, we're all very grateful that, that governments and people continue to keep the plight of children uh, here in Afghanistan in their mind, there is so much more that needs to be done. The the um, uh, and and what the World Bank came up with today, uh, what we've been always saying is is you cannot, we cannot abandon these children and mothers at this moment. There is twenty years of gains that were made for children here in Afghanistan, and they are at at risk of being lost now. I mean, we moved from from a couple of million children in schools. Uh, 10 years ago to um, almost 9 million, 40% uh, of them girls today. And these now, their schools are at risk um, if, if support doesn't continue. And, and as, as you know, and as I'm sure many people know, Afghanistan had always been dependent a lot of, uh, on, on international aid. And this aid now is going through you know, UN agencies, UNICEF and others. They, they still need the world's attention and support. Ukraine, uh, the situation in Ukraine and, and the response that we've seen in the, in the pledging conference shows that mm -hmm. Afghanistan's children and mothers have not been forgotten by the world, which we are very grateful for. But really, we really hope that, that people continue to keeping their plight in, on their minds and, and in front of them. I'm speaking with Salam Al-Janabi. He's responsible for advocacy and civic engagement with UNICEF Afghanistan. He's speaking to me tonight from Kabul. After this, we'll talk a bit more about the school situation because as you know, uh, schools, girls in school has always been a big uh, part of, of, of the Canadian story about Afghanistan. And I want to ask you a bit more about the challenges you're facing and whether we'll see any resolution. I know school began in March and also just a bit more about, you know, we're heading into the spring and the summer. Uh, things might hopefully are a little bit easier, but then we have to prepare for another winter again. I want to ask you how you're ramping up for that. Uh, that's next. Salam Al-Janabi is with me this half hour. He's the communication advocacy and civic engagement uh, responsible for at UNICEF Afghanistan. He's speaking to me tonight from Kabul. We've been talking about uh, the humanitarian situation in Afghanistan, which has not uh, improved, obviously, over the last eight months. In fact, gotten much worse. 97%, it's estimated, could be living below the poverty line. Gains in so many areas that we had spent here in Canada so much time talking about, watching from afar, such as education being lost, kids being sent to work to help support their families because they have to, teachers looking for new work because they're not being paid, and a situation that's not getting uh, much better. I was, uh, Salam, as we head into the summer, is there any respite because of the summer and the spring? Is there any hope that we may see improvements uh, between now and the next winter? This really depends on um, the de facto authorities moving forward, but also the engagement from um, the international community with with Afghanistan. So while we are always hopeful, I mean, UNICEF will always come from a point of view of hope for future for children, but we really need to make sure that 
Um, the international community continues to engage positively with UN agencies to support these children, and also that the de facto authorities um, do deliver on, on their promise. Because I get the sense from the way you're describing it that really no one can afford to live through another winter like the one they just lived through. I mean, frankly, I don't know. I don't know whether many of the families will be able to survive the summer. We've been talking to a lot of the families in the last couple of weeks because you know it's, it's Ramadan here, and and right. um, lots of families are fasting. And when we and when we talk to moms and fathers, and they 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 can't even figure out how how to have food on the table to break the fast, how to make sure, you know, they, they tell us that most likely in many of the communities, it will be um, tea and bread and water. And that is what you will have when you break your fast, which is heartbreaking. You know, it's a, it's, it's a month where, where people are having to even lean further into those who are generous and giving. So it's, it's um, and in the meantime, we are, of course, the drought situation has improved, which means also uh, work in agricultural areas is not going to be available for a lot of people who depend for their incomes on this. We are seeing an explosive um, measles outbreak in, in about five or six provinces in Afghanistan, and that is very worrying. Um, so so the, the summer is not going to be um sadly a moment of respite there's still a lot of children who will be fighting for their survival i mean you know that we we know that the youngest um those under five um are the most vulnerable for severe acute malnutrition and you know the diseases that that would actually put their lives at risk if they are severely malnourished We've spoken a lot. I know it got a lot of international media coverage, the idea that girls were not allowed to go back to school. Mm. I know there's pressure on the government to change that because a lot of sort of the strings attached to the humanitarian aid to some extent uh, are dependent on a respect for certain uh, human rights norms. Uh, do you see any resolution to that situation anytime soon? Um, that question really is for the de facto authorities, but right. we are, we are, we are continuing our conversations with them on this issue specifically at every level. But at the same time, there are 9 million children going to school, including girls who are going in, uh, at primary school level. So, right. so I think what is really important is to make sure that these children continue to be supported. Um, um, I, I think the best way to, make, to support girls' education is to make sure that their schools remain opening, functioning, their teachers are, are in school, so that hopefully when um, the de facto authorities make that decision sooner rather than later, the schools can open, the, can welcome uh, adolescent girls back into their classes with open arms. Parallel to that, though, we have not stopped our community-based education classes. And these are happening within further rural areas. Girls have not stopped coming to these classes. We continue providing these learning opportunities. We have about 5,000 of these now across Afghanistan in the remotest areas. So, so we're trying to continue that happening while we continue our conversations with the de facto authorities and the Taliban and supporting the education system. 
I, I feel this is an area where it shouldn't be um, one or the other. We need to make sure that future of children here, games made for children here are not lost, while also making clear that there are issues and certainly girls and women's space within societies that we continue to have to put pressure on. Salam Al-Janabi, thank you so much for shedding some light on the situation in Afghanistan. Thank you for letting our listeners know what's happening there. Clearly, there is an urgent need still uh, and a need that apparently, you know, as you said, will only grow more urgent as we head towards uh, through spring and summer into fall and winter again. Thank you so much for speaking with me tonight.